Good morning. How are y'all doing? Good. Be more convincing when I ask you. Oh, we're good and stuff. All right. Sorry, I just have to prepare my message real quick. Okay. So, a um, lot going on in the nation. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, no. for a second I was like, oh shoot, is there a lot going <laughs> You didn't fool me. No, there's a lot going on. Uh, and, and really what's advertised is a lot of bad, right? I mean, the news is one of the most positive sources of information that's out there, and you have social media, and it's just positive, 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 positive. And you, you guys know uh, the radio station Caleb, their slogan is positive, encouraging Caleb. Wait, is that the, that's the, na- the national one, right? Caleb, yeah. So there's one where I used to live called K-Life, which made it super confusing. But K-Love, yeah, positive, encouraging Caleb. And, and so like what you hear on the news is like negative, discouraging K-Hate, right? It's just everything's just the opposite. And, um, and so what that's done, at least for me, um, so I don't watch the news. I don't have social media. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying, like, look how good I am. I don't because I, I can't. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, don't have it, I don't have it in me to do it um, and not get all bogged down and sucked into all the negativity. So I just try not to do it. Um, I, I do stay current. I read, I read news stories. I can pick and choose which ones I want to read. Um, but but I, I try not to watch too much. And... Uh, Case in point, I watched the debate this week, and then I had to repent a whole bunch. So, um, and so I was like, well, <laughs> but anyway, and, and don't you all look at me like you didn't have to repent after you watched it also. So, but one of the cool things is that, one of the cool things is, or what I was saying is that I, I, I've taken two large negativity streams. They're, they're largely negative. They're not all negative, but large negativity streams out of my life, and I still carry this heaviness that's not mine to carry. Like, I still take on weight of the world. I shared this in home group a little bit on Friday. Like, I, I, the last couple weeks, I got a lot of breakthrough on Friday. Thank you for those who prayed for me. I'm doing much better. Yesterday was the first day in weeks where I didn't feel sick. Um, I've been physically feeling sick for weeks because of stress and anxiety, not of any situation that's going on in my home, <laughs> in the church, with work, just nothing. It's all this external you know, just stuff that I'm, that I'm letting my flesh try to carry my gifting of discernment into, and it's, and it's carrying unnecessary weights, like yokes that aren't mine. I'm just taking them on, and then pretty soon you start feeling like this, right? Anybody ever felt like that? Yes, you have. I can answer my own questions. It's fine. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, but what's cool is that, is that the Lord's been showing me so scripture tells us every way out of every bad situation we find ourselves in. But sometimes it's hard to get there when you're in the middle of the muck, right? And so the Lord led me to a passage in 1 Peter this week that really helped. But then not only that, but actually, actually even shined greater revelation onto the passage in 1 Peter. And that's what I want to share with you today. So, um, and the, the point of all this is, is that with all, of the, with all of the stuff going on in this world, we've actually been given every tool and equipped with every power that we need 
to not just make it through the negativity, but to actually be victorious and joyful while the negativity stream comes and increases, okay? Okay, Nate, that sounds good, fun, we're excited, we can't wait, our pen's ready. Whew, okay. And Pastor Glenn, you actually, you quoted one of the verses from my notes in your, in your exhortation at the end here, so that's really cool. We're just gonna continue on with the same theme. I love to see the Holy Spirit moving and working uh, like that. Let's pray. Father, thank you, God, that as we, uh, as we open up your word this morning, we know that it's true, alive, and relevant. I thank you, Lord, that uh, you've given us tools that work. They're not theories, ideas, or, or just wishful thinking, but actual, like, like a hammer is used to hammer in a nail. Like it's, that's what it's used, like we know the use, it's functional, we've seen it used for that. I mean, that's what your word is, God, when it comes to handling cares, anxieties, stresses, worries, and Lord, Father, just not knowing uh, can, and confusion, Lord, you've given us everything that we need. So as we open your word, make it alive to us today. Father, tune our ears into what you're saying. Father, block out distractions that would cause us to want to just look at a Twitter feed right now or want to respond to an email or want to do all these other things, Father, that we, would, that we would zero in on you. It's your time. In Jesus' name, amen. Right, turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 5. We're going to be in verse 6 through 11. I'm going to read here from the NIV, um, and it's up on the screen if you need it. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you've suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. And to him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. This is, uh, this is kind of the end or ending. There's only uh, one um, passage after this. In, in the book of, uh, of 1 Peter, and it's basically his, his uh, peace out, his final greeting to some people in the letter. Um, but this, this kind of wraps up, and what I'll explain um, was, a, was a letter addressing several things uh, that Peter wrote to the church. So um, as I said, because there's, because there's no shortage of things to be stressed and anxious about in the world, actually that stuff will constantly be knocking on your door. Um, and it'll constantly be in front of your eyes, and it'll constantly be cutting you off on 620. The, um, <laughs> the, uh, I think this is very relevant, and I think it's a now word for us uh, today or in this hour. So um, a little bit of background about this passage written by, by Peter. I said that to the church in Asia Minor. So it's written to believers, or what's modern-day Turkey. This church, these people had been dispersed because of various sorts of persecution, whether it was some sort of war or some sort of religious persecution there. That's, that's why they've had to, uh, to disperse. So he writes the letter to accomplish a few things, um, and I've kind of, I kind of summed it up in three different things that you could probably list a lot more, but this is relevant to what we're talking about today. But he writes the letter first to remind these believers about who they are in Christ, and, and he reminds them about the salvation that they possess. Okay, The first chapter, or even into chapter two, 
Um, it's just a, it's an identity thing, the speaking identity into these believers, who they are and what they have because of their salvation. Number two, he writes to them to really call them higher, right? He calls to them, uh, or he writes to them, and he and he speaks about he speaks about encouraging them in holiness and brotherly love, um, and he he exhorts them to to grow spiritually more and more and more. So he basically says, don't settle, don't. Don't just lay down. Don't, uh, don't curl up and just wait for Jesus to come back. Like he, he exhorts them, he calls them higher. Um, he also, the third thing is that he specifies in his exhortation, he specifies certain groups of people, right? If you read, if you read the letter, which you can, it's short, you can read it this week, uh, it's a good one. Um, but it's strangers or aliens, sojourners, citizens, husbands, wives, the brethren, uh, those who are waiting on the return of the Lord, like he specifies specific groups of people as he, as he exhorts uh, through this letter. And it's, it's very helpful. Um, but he's, he's exhorting them in what to do when they experience different kinds of trials or persecutions, or we would say stresses, anxieties, worries, trials, things that come up in our lives. Okay, so we're really picking up the passage during his last exhortation to this last group of people. Uh, so this isn't how he starts the book, but it is how he finishes. I think it's really important. One of the things that the Lord showed me, and we're going to kind of expand on this in the next few minutes that we have, is that while we read here that it's important to cast your cares, or the, or the NIV says cast your anxiety, which is why I like using that, um, that verse in this particular context, cast your anxiety on him. The, uh, one of the reasons, or one of the things that he showed me about that is, is that because we can get kind of lost in this, like, well, I have anxiety. Okay, I cast it on him. Oh, well, I got anxiety again. Well, I cast it on him. And then the next day, oh, I'm dealing with anxiety again. And then you cast it on him. And then, oh, you're dealing with anxiety. And that's, and that's part of the Christian walk. Like, every day is new, and you're going to encounter new things. And you will experience greater breakthrough and levels of freedom as you walk through those things and conquer those things, right? I tell people that work for me, I said, there's no such thing as a stupid mistake unless you make the mistake twice, then it was stupid. The second time, because you didn't learn the first time, okay? And the third mistake, we move into other adjectives, right? So, but, but, if it's, but if it's the same mistake, right? And so when we, so we learn as believers, sometimes the Lord's just patient and merciful and ooey-gooey love with us, which is great because we make the same mistake often, and we'll, we'll, come, we'll, come, up, we'll come upon a situation like it's the first time we've ever seen it, like, Lord, what, how am I going to how am I going to get money for rent this week? And he's like, how'd you get money for rent last month? And the month before that, and the month before that, and the month before that, since forever, right? And he's, you're like, oh, right, because you're the provider, right? And so like we, we learn, he brings us through these things. But the point is, as, we're, as I was contemplating this cast your anxiety on the Lord, the Lord showed me, what if you could cut down on the amount of anxiety that was coming at you? And I was like, ping, that's appealing to me. So now we're going to talk about joy today and how that, I really believe that joy is a key to that. Nehemiah 8.10, it says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I was reminded, I've taught this before, um, but I was reminded this week uh, that the devil ha- doesn't care much about our health. He doesn't care much about our family or our finances or your job. He doesn't care about your relationship. He doesn't care much about your soul, really. What he cares about is your joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if the devil wants you weak so you're easier to pick off, what do you do? In military, do you strike weak points first or strong points first? Strongholds or the stragglers? You strike the strong. What's the first thing that gets bombed when you go in and invade a country? 
military bases, airports, weapon caches, you, you, where all their strengths come from. And so the first thing that he's going to try to attack, now he attacks your money, your relationships, your family, your jobs, all of those things, but it's not because he cares so much about that, it's because he cares about your joy. If he can keep you joyless, he can keep you weak, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So, the Lord, and, and I was teaching this to myself, and I was like, oh, that's good. He's like, I know, I've told you that before, you forgot. <laughs> but if he can steal your joy, he can steal your strength. So we have to guard it. Um, we're going to see how this passage in 1 Peter 1 is going to help us here. I'm going to look, I'm going to read um, that same passage, but I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. It's going to be on the screen there, and I'm going to point out a few things here, starting in verse 7. It says, pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there. That's key. For he always tenderly cares for you. Verse 8, be well balanced and always alert because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly or, or nonstop like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. Like, take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. For you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of troubles that you endure. A very wise man once told me when I was younger and knew everything that when I was experiencing uh, something that was making me upset or angry, um, he said, you can take heart in knowing that you're not the first person to have experienced this. And it made me feel better. And I didn't know why at the time. But I've often gone back to that. And part of the reason is because of the truth of this last verse is because our brothers and sisters all over the world have been and currently are experiencing many of the same things that you are going through right now that are hard and that I am going through that are hard. Okay? Just, we'll just narrow this down to America. We're not even going to talk about the world. Do you think that maybe there's some other Americans who are experiencing stress, anxiety, worry, confusion about what's going on in our nation? Probably. Right? If not, we should probably move where they live. Right? Because <laughs> it's probably a compound, and that's awesome. <sighs> Pretty sure the live stream's broken, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whoops. The implication here in this passage is that if we don't bring our worries and stresses to God, that the devil will use depression and discouragement, the things that our worries and stress lead to, he'll, lead, he'll use those things to devour us. He'll use those things to steal our joy, make us weak and easy to devour. Chew up, spit out. Lions go after weak and feeble. I love the picture. Thanks, Sloan. Lions go after feeble, the young, the stragglers, the enemies will, of our soul will always seek out those who are isolated, alone, or depressed. Another point in here that I think is important to make, it's a little off topic, but follow me here. If you're having trouble battling, if you're having trouble casting your cares on the Lord and you, you've sunk into depression and you've sunk into discouragement, do not isolate. Do not isolate. It's easy for me to say and it's easier for you to hear now because if you're here, you're not isolating, Right? But you know what it feels, if those of you who have dealt with discourage, extreme discouragement, those of you who have dealt with depression, those of you who have dealt with these things, know that the last thing you want to do is go out and hang out with people. The last thing you want to do is come to church, huh? Where the Lord's going to be there, right? last thing you want to, I mean, I, I'm telling you, right? This is how, this is the lies that the devil will start whispering to you, like, no, no, 
They're going to think you're weak. They're going to think your faith's weak. They're going to think your faith's weak. If you're depressed, you better not show your face in church because you're not supposed to be depressed if you're a Christian. Those are the lies that he starts whispering in your ears. I'm telling you, this is just, a, this is just like the sample that the waiter brought out that's free. It's not even on the menu. I'm just telling you, do not isolate. Come to church. Go to home group. Call a friend. Get somebody to lock arms with you and talk with them. Port your process with them, have them pray for you, have them call you, don't be alone, okay? It's easy. I mean, you read scripture, alone bad, fellowship good. That's, that's what you get from it, so, all right. Okay, back on track here. It's, so, um, just as the lions go after the weak, the devil goes after the weak because he's a coward. He doesn't, come for your, he doesn't come for you when you're strong. He comes for you when you're weak. If you're not weak, he'll do things to try to make you weak so he can come and devour you, okay? And it's one thing. So when we take on all these cares, when we take on uh, stresses, worries, and anxieties, uh, and we don't cast them to the Lord, we don't give them to the Lord and leave them there, we've opened ourselves up for discouragement, depression, which leads to us being weaker, which leads to us being uh, devoured. Now, this is, is a difference between carrying issues in your heart and intercession, carrying issues in your heart that you're just weeping over, that you're praying over, that you're fasting over, that you're doing that. That's different, okay? Abortion is one of those issues right now that many of you, including myself, we're carrying it in our heart, okay? Now, I started to carry it in my flesh also, and that's why it made me sick. That's, it's why it's, it's like, oh, you know, and I start to get depressed about it because I stopped carrying it where it's supposed to be in my heart. And I started carrying it, and I started getting all mad, and I started wanting to fight people, right? Which, initially, that's probably a good sign. But if you, if you stay there, then, then it's, it's in the flesh. You got to get out of the flesh, and you got to get in the spirit. When you carry it in your heart in intercession, that's different. We should carry issues in our heart. We should carry them. But don't, don't confuse the two. Um, whether it's for current issues, whether it's politics, a supposed pandemic, ra- racial injustice, fighting, hatred, disagreement, even, even battles within the church. Have you noticed that? That the lines are different. Where we used to be able to walk up to somebody and we could size them up and go, oh, well, yeah, you look conservative and you look like you're a Christian and so you probably believe X, Y, and Z. COVID hits and everybody got... And we go up to people and we're like, oh, yeah, this is stupid, right? And they're like, oh, how could you say that? And you're like, oh, I thought we were on the same team, right? And so there's all, these, there's, all these new, there's all these new lines that got drawn. What's led to is this. What's led to is I go up to Ben and I'm like, oh, Ben. I'm like, oh, shoot, I don't actually know how he, never mind, I'm not going to talk to Ben. Hey, I know how Ben, yeah. That's why it was a funny example. Yeah, then I'll go up to, I go up to somebody else and go, oh, hey, what do you, and I go, ah, and then it starts, and then more politics stuff starts coming into it, where you look on social media, I've been told, and you see, and you see Christians, you know, Christians that are, that are tearing down our leadership and our president, that are just, I mean, just the ter- most terrible things that they're saying, which has nothing to do with the fact whether or not you agree with him, but you just don't do that. And, 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 and you see them just put these hateful things. And then you, see, then you see people that are in the same church write something completely opposite. So you're like, where are we? And there's confusion. And you don't know what side of the line to stand on. You don't know who to talk to. So what do we do? We don't talk to anybody. 
we stay at home under orders and watch the news. Do you see the strategy of the enemy in here to keep us isolated and to keep the stream of negativity coming in and through us? We do you see? This is, we have to fight through that. You have to purposefully, this, this verse, cast your cares, when you break this down, the, the lexicons, right, all, what all the words mean, it's, it's an action step of like taking something and heaving it. Whew. Like it's an, you have to get rid of it. That, you can't be like, okay, Lord, I cast my cares on you. Like it's, a, it's an intimate, like it takes time, it takes effort to just get all that stuff out and go, it's yours, Lord, I'm not going to worry about it. And we have to leave them there when we give them to them. We cast the stresses, anxieties, worries, cares on him, and we leave them there. Don't go back and pick them up and say, oh, Lord, I don't know if you know what to do with them. You're not mad enough about this. Give it to me. I can be mad, right? Lord, did you see the debate, Lord? Give me that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, give me that. No, you got to leave it there. The answer in Scripture that we see when we take on these worries, these stresses, the answer is cast your cares on the Lord. And that's correct. But like I said, that he showed me a step further of how to reduce the anxieties. Um, I, and I think, that, I think that it's with joy. And here's why I think that. Romans 15, 13. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Listen, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So Paul plainly writes to us and he says, would you like hope in hopeless situations? Be filled with joy. It's a recipe. I love recipes. I love instruction manuals. I love logic. I love, if you couldn't tell, I love things that, that make sense. This makes sense. It's so clear. He writes to us and tells us. Proverbs 17, 22, it says, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. That's a stark difference. That's how I was feeling, like my bones were drying up. I, could, I couldn't even make it. Four o'clock four o'clock in the afternoon, I had to sit down and have any energy. Four o'clock, even on days when I didn't work. It was so heavy. It was just heaviness, heaviness, heaviness manifesting in physical stuff, all because of stress, anxiety, and cares that weren't mine to carry. But a joyful heart, which I embraced all, all day yesterday, especially because Alabama crushed A&M. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. <laughs> but I experienced a joyful heart all day, and I felt great. I told Kaylee last night, late, we were, you know, it was like a long day, and I was like, I still feel good. It just makes sense. Joy is just plain good for us. I used to ask the Lord, Lord, how do we receive more joy? Lord, I want more joy. Make me more joyful, right? I, make, I'm, I, rip, on, I rip on conservative churches a lot, so I'm not trying to do that too much. But we used to sing, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And then, I, then the second verse is, and that's where it has to stay. <laughs> Don't let it out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Down in my heart to stay. Don't get out. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but it's just so fun. And I'm like, but I'm like that too. I'm like, I'm a man. I can be joyful. I'm joyful right now. <laughs> you have no idea how happy I am. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying. When we let our joy out, just like, just like 
it's Pastor Glenn or Rachel said this morning, I can't remember. One of you said, break the sound barrier. I think it was you. Break the sound barrier. Like, like we pray, we know we can pray in our thoughts. We, we know that the Lord hears our thoughts. We, we know that. We know we can pray silently. When we break the sound barrier, there's something different. Something different happens, okay? We're, we've been given a voice for a reason, and it's to make noise. I think it's the, I think it's the same thing with joy. Joy is, be, is meant to be let loose. Even the word rejoice, do you know what it means? It means to jump and spin around, Right? You're like, Lord, we love to rejoice in you. Lord, we love to jump and dance around in your presence. Dun, 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 dun. You know what I'm saying? But you get the point, right? You get the point that joy, I believe, is meant to be let out. I believe that when we let it out, it actually, it actually offends and hurts the devil, right? So I believe it's actually a tool that joy, not only is it good internally, and it is, that's my point, is that you can have the joy, 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 joy down in your heart, and you can be in a terrible circumstance, and you can be going through something hard and still be joyful. That is possible. I'm saying when we let it out, it's offensive to the enemy, and it makes him want to retreat. Okay, that's, that's, that's why I believe it's, it's also a tool. It's an internal tool, but it's an external tool also. Um, so I'd ask the Lord, Lord, how do, I, how do I get more joy? I want to be more joyful, especially when I'm learning about, you know, I'm relearning about theology of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, Lord, like, I, I want to just be, like, it was a battle for me to raise my hands in worship. I'm like, Lord, how do you even do it? Like, what, you know, I'm like, uh, uh, like trying to get it up. Like, it's just, it's just like hard, like, well, it, it, somebody, like, I need to be Moses. Somebody come hold my hands up, and then I'll do it. And then it look like somebody else is doing it for me. It's this fight, this fight, this fight, this battle. So I'm like, Lord, how do you do it? Lord, how do you do it? He's like, have you read the Bible? I'm like, well, yeah, and he's like, read it again, and so, and it, it turns out that Psalm 16:11 it says, "You make known to me the path of life." This is what you read, Glenn. You make known to me the path of life, Lord. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. This says that when we need more joy, we need to get closer to Him, because when we're close to Him, He fills us with joy. It's just, it's, just a, it's just something that happens. Just like the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is natural overflow of the presence of the Holy Spirit. So where the Holy Spirit goes, the fruits also follow him. Okay? The fruits of the Holy Spirit are not a list of do's and don'ts, or do's, they're not a list of do's for Christians. Like, well, I just need to make sure I'm joyful and faithful and self-controlled today, and then I'll have a good day. It's, that's not why they're there. They're there saying, Here's the whole, this is what the Holy Spirit looks like. If you'd like to see his evidences, here's the evidences. It's, it's all of these things, right? It's kindness, it's joy, it's faithfulness, it's self-control, it's all these things. That's, and it's the same thing with joy at his right hand. Same with joy in his presence, I mean, pleasure at his right hand. Same thing with joy in his presence. When you get close to God, you can't help but soak up the joy that he's going to give away. It's just something that happens. So if you're having a trouble embracing joy, if you're having a trouble filling up your joy tank, take time to get closer to him. Because it says that in his presence is fullness of joy. That's what the word says. So either it's right or it's wrong. You believe that? Amen. Draw near to God. Spend time with him. Deliberate time with him. God, I'm going to sit with you for 30 minutes because I need more joy. Pastor Glenn taught me a lot about the prayer room. I've mentioned this before, but when I first came to Urban the Hills, I, I knew what IHOP was. That was the, I thought that was the only prayer room in the world besides um, like a room designated for prayer in like a church or something like that, you know, like, oh, we go pray in here. But 
but he taught, but he taught me more, and I and I would see it, I would see him sit before the Lord for hours, and I was, and I know how to pray for hours with a list, like I've done that, but but I was like, I don't see him with like a long list. I just see him, you know, just in front of the screen, and I don't get it. And and he told, he, I said, what do you, what does it look like for you? Like I need to know. I asked him. I said, what, you know, I forgot exactly what I asked you, but I asked something like, what are you doing here? How does it work? How do you do it? And he said, most of the time, Nate, I drag my carcass in <laughs> and I plop it in front of the screen and I lay this massive ice block in my heart on the ground and I let his eyes of fire melt it away. I was like, oh, well, I could probably do that. And it works. You take the, the point I was making here, the deliberate time in his presence, deli- scheduled. You schedule everything else in your life. If you don't, you should. <laughs> but you schedule everything else in your life. Why wouldn't you schedule time with the Lord, purpose time with the Lord? God, I'm, gonna not, I'm not talking like, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the Bible for 30 minutes. That's good, too. You should schedule that, too. Lord, I'm going to pray for 30 minutes. That's good, too. Lord, I'm just going to sit with you. And 30 minutes is not a magic number. I'm giving an example. I'm going to sit with you for 10 minutes. I'm going to sit with you for three hours. And I'm just going to wait because I want to be with you. How many of you, your, your wives, wives, husbands, sometimes at the end of the day, you don't want to watch TV. You don't want to do chores. You don't want to go over what your schedule. You just want to sit on the couch in silence, especially if you have young kids, silence, Right? That's great. The Lord's like, yeah, I want to sit with you. I want to sit with you, Josh. I want to sit with you, Nate. I want to sit with you, Ben. Deliberate time, and you'll be getting closer with him. You want more joy? Get closer to the joy giver. The awesome thing, this is the last thing I'll say before we do a few takeaways, but the awesome thing about this verse when it says, cast your cares on him, is that the, remember I said the word means to throw or heave them, and, and really, give me something to throw. If I'm going to take my cares and my anxieties and I'm going to cast them at the feet of Jesus and Jesus is out in the parking lot, I could get, I could get close. Don't worry, I'm not going to throw it to you. I could get close. But the closer I am to him, the real, it's a lot easier to be like, there, there they are. And I'm going to leave them there. Right? It's a lot easier to do that. You guys see that when we, we there's a picture there of the closer we are to him, the closer we are to the joy giver, which helps that when we have joy, it's gonna help us not embrace anxiety, stress, and worry, right? So it's gonna keep those things at bay. When we're joyful, we're strong. When we're strong, it's hard for us to be devoured because the devil only goes after the weak. And as long as I'm close, here's a few stresses and worries that I picked up along the way, but I'm gonna leave there. You see how it all ties together. You see how, you see how joy is a weapon, but it's also something we need to be continuously getting from the source, that same source that we cast all the other. It's like a, it's like a, a, a changing station for diapers, right? Follow me here for a second. <laughs> Follow me here. What you do when you change a diaper is you get the old out and you put the new on, but you have to lay the baby down somewhere first, but it's the same place, the same place where the exchange happens. You're going to receive joy and you're going to leave your poop. 
guys are like, this guy says poop in his sermons more than any pastor I've ever heard. Okay. Here's the applicant. Worship team, you can come back up. Here's how we tie it all together. I hope this made sense. I know, I know, there, was a, I know there was a lot in here. It made sense to me. And Sloan, I appreciate the slides. The slides helped. But uh, number one, the first thing that we need to do is throw away. I like cast. That's good. But, but throw away. Stress, anxiety, worries, and the cares of this life. Give them to Jesus. You have to make the decision to not carry them in your mind and to not carry them physically on your body anymore. Lord, I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to let that consume my mind. I'm not going to let that consume my thought anymore. I'm just going to trust you with it. When it says give it to the Lord, it means that you, you let it out of your mind, trusting that he's going to take care of it. You can't do anything about it, so you give it to him. Number two is you get closer to the joy giver and you get, and you get filled with joy. Get close to Jesus, spending time with him, getting to know him better, reading his word, home groups, discipleship, Sunday mornings. These are all great avenues for closer intimacy and growing with Jesus. You'll experience hope. That's what Paul promised in Romans 15. And you'll grow in strength. Growing in strength is gonna keep us from being devoured by the, by the enemy. Because... Don't forget the other part of this verse. He constantly, nonstop, is roaming around seeking someone to devour. He doesn't take days off. You can't either. Number three, resist the devil and he will flee. He can't steal your joy. Okay? Don't let him steal your joy. And you won't be bogged down with the cares of this life when you're actively resisting him by faith there's a lot of faith involved in this listen when we're carrying the weight of something a worry anxiety a stress let's just say it's it's important um the health of a family member that's important now you carry it in intercession in your heart as you cry out as you fast and pray right as you weep as you do that you carry it in your heart but when you start carrying it in the flesh, it's going to consume all of your thoughts. It's going to consume everything you do. It's going to be all you think about. It's going to be all you dream about. It's going to be all you talk about. It's going to be, it's going to be and that what it does is it shuts out all the other things that you need to be dreaming about, talking about, and hearing about. Okay? So when it consumes, now it's, a, it's an important thing, but when it consumes your mind, now you're carrying, you're carrying a worry, you're carrying anxiety, you're carrying a stress. Now, when, now that you've done that, you're weakening yourself and driving yourself into discouragement and depression. Okay, so now the devil is going to be wanting to come at you and eat you up and chew you up. Now, how effective are you to truly intercede and carry that need for that family member in your heart when you're being devoured by the devil? Not as effective. If you let it go continually, we've seen it over and over, if you let it go continually, that same issue will end up eating you up. So Charles Patterson told me one time, he said, he said Nate, the, the best gift that you can give to your family, your church, your friends is a healthy you. That's what he told me. It means that I have to trust God to take care of the things that I can't take care of. So those, those worries, anxieties, and stresses that I bring on myself, 
there's a faith step involved where I say, Lord, I trust that you're gonna take care of it. Even though I don't see how you're gonna do it and it's not happening in my timeline, which is now, I don't even have a timeline, I have a time dot, now. It's not happening like I, like I want it to, but I'm gonna hand it to you and then I'm gonna do what I know to do. I'm gonna stay focused on you, I'm gonna fast, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna read your word, I'm gonna love, 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 love. And then I'm gonna let you handle this stuff. And then you, as you draw closer to him, you will receive a greater impartation of joy. As your joy increases, it'll be easier not to take on the anxieties and stresses of the world. Does that make sense? Good. Why don't you guys stand? I truly feel that there's an impartation of joy that the Lord wants to give today. One, because his word says that in his presence is fullness of joy, and I know that he's here, so it follows him wherever he's at. I know that. But even stronger than that, I believe that in these times, it's going to be really important to see what God is doing, to see the great things that God is doing, to see how he's moving through politics, to see how, how he's moving through hatred, see how he's moving through division in the church and in the world, and see how he's moving. See, Lord, what are you doing? What's on the horizon here? What's, what's on your heart? How, how are we going to respond to this in a way that's worthy? It's so important to see that, and we cannot see that if we're bogged down with the noise. We have to be joyful. Joy will unclog your spiritual ears, right? Just like, just like I always tell people when they, when they want to fast, like, I don't know if I should fast, if I should fast. I said, food clogs your ears, okay? As soon as you start fasting, you're like, I've never heard from the Lord this clearly before. It's the same thing with joy. The more joyful we are, it's like a, it opens up this channel to heaven that we hadn't tapped into before. Can anyone say amen and relate to that? Here's what I want to do. I saw this in worship, this picture. And it's okay if there's nobody like, there's nobody like this in the room. Is there anyone in here that feels like they are pretty, like their joy tank is pretty full this morning? Steph, anybody else? Abby, Sherry, anybody else? Hand up high. Remember, don't keep your joy in your heart, right? Let it out. Okay, if your joy tank is pretty full, I want you to come forward and I want you to face the congregation. So come forward and face everybody else. I love it. I love full joy tanks. Yes. I want to get closer to all of you who are closer to Jesus. I love this. Okay, now for everyone else, here's what you answered when you didn't answer that question. I'm just going to, I'm, because I'm looking at it positively, you want a fuller joy tank. Okay? You look at this. Joyful people can't even stop hugging each other. God's so good, right? I love it. But if you, want a, if you want more joy in your tank, I just want you to put your hands out, okay? These right here are just going to pray as the worship team just strums a little bit, just for about the next minute. This is the first step. They're just going to pray for you. You pray whatever you feel led. You can, just, you can just pray out loud over them from right where you're at. Go ahead. Just impart, impart joy, 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 joy. Thank you, Lord. If you're in the congregation, just receive right now. I just want you to receive. Draw near to God in your thoughts.
you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Does anybody feel more joy? Raise your hand if you feel more joy. Yeah, there we go. Keep it going. People here in the front, just release by faith. Just release by faith. Joy, joy, joy. Come on. Woo! It's okay to smile in church. It's okay to dance. Finish up your prayers here in the front. Finish up your prayers in the front. We're going to keep pressing in here. There's a funny story because church should be funny and fun. When I was little, there was my old Sunday school teacher. She was elderly, and um, and she's a sweet lady. Actually led me to the Lord. Really cool. But we were running in the church, you know, which is a no-no. And uh, we were about four or five, and, and we were running, and she grabbed my arm, and she stopped us. She said, hey! No having fun in church. <laughs> I knew what she meant. I knew what she meant. I, not at the time. <laughs> I know now what she meant. But yes, I just want to say over every single person in this room, church should be fun. Following Jesus should be fun. Pressing in, intimacy with the Holy Spirit should be fun because he's the joy giver. He's given us everything that we need to overcome the cares of this life, to overcome stresses, worries, anxieties, things we don't understand. He's like, you know what? If you don't understand it, just be joyful. Just be joyful. That way it won't bog you down. So, here's, so you guys can stay up here in front if you want, or you can go back to your seats and do whatever you want. But uh, we're going to sing a little bit, and we're going to be joyful because we're going to war. These are serious times, and we're going to seriously go to war with joy.